Hello, my friends, kingdom builders and kingdom connectors, and everyone who is about the Father's business. Welcome to another edition of the Living Word Mind of Conception podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast so that we can stay connected, continue to communicate, and to contribute to one another's life. So let's begin our journey right now. And a very powerful thing, and that's the reality of you know what we've been talking about, or what we've talked a little bit about about being in agreement with God. Uh, you know, again, for what God had in mind and what God has planned for every individual life. So uh, if God gave conception to that life, then God has a plan for that life. And I've come to realize that many times the plan that God has for that life or for that child, young boy, young girl, whoever it is, is many times greater than what we have actually understood and can comprehend. But we have to go through, if, I, if you will, if you want to use this terminology, we go through stages and levels of understanding and coming into agreement with what God has already planned. Because God's plans are perfect, right? God's plans never fail. They never fade. But many times, the reason why we don't ever step into that is because we ourselves have not get, got to a point where we are actually in agreement with God's plan for our life. And so I want to start with that tonight. I want to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 46. And I just want to read something out of there that just kind of came on my heart now as we were talking about that, because God knows the end from the beginning and things that are not yet done, saying that his counsel will stand. And so in, in Isaiah, in the Old Testament, Isaiah 46, I believe it's verse number 18. I don't know for sure. Uh, no, it's verse number, uh, uh, yeah, verse number nine out of Isaiah uh, four, chapter number 46, verse number uh, nine. He says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there's none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And so when you're talking about even the, the plans that God has for each individual life, God knows the end before the beginning ever starts. And so he knows that he has predestined us to be conformed unto the image of his son. So God's plan for us is to be a predestined, a predetermined destination to be conformed to an image of greatness. Because the son of God, of course, he is the optimal example of what humankind is supposed to look like. Again, he's our example. One man said it like this, that he's the sample son. In other words, everything that Jesus did is the possibilities for what every believer can and should be doing. So God knows the end from the beginning. 
And so that's a wonderful thing. So I, so one of the things I've learned even on my, in my own life, one of the things that are very encouraging is that if I have, if I will have been able to be launched and, and to start on this journey, the only reason I was able to start on this journey because I came into a level of agreement with God. But even as we started on this journey in that level of agreement, right, it's God already knows the end result as we are moving toward greater levels in him from glory to glory and from faith to faith and from strength to strength. And really, folks, what I've learned is this, is that those levels only come as we continue to be more and more in agreement with what God is planning, right? So here's what I'm saying. You know, I'm not going to uh, actually have a list but if you think about the first level, you, you, we all had to finally agree with God that we were sinners, right? And that we needed a savior. We couldn't make, <coughs> excuse me, we couldn't make, <coughs> excuse me, we couldn't make any more excuses. We couldn't blame anyone else. We couldn't point any other fingers. We had to say, it's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. I had to agree with that. I had to agree that I was in need of a savior. And, and no one, no matter who it is, no one will ever truly be born again or be saved until they come into an agreement with God's word that says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Because as long as I'm making excuses for my sins, as long as I'm making excuses for my failures, I'll never, I can never get them remedied, right? I can never get rid of them because I'm always making an excuse. But when I come into agreement and say, you know what, God, I have sinned and I come short of your glory. I'm in need of a savior. That's the beginning process of this journey of becoming all that God has truly in his mind already predestined you to be. So as, as the others are joining, we're in Isaiah 46. And I want to read this again. Uh, he says, again, Isaiah 46, uh, 9 and 10. He says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there's none like me. And this is the part I love, verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So God knows the end. He knows the, the destination of your life before you even start on this journey. And that's comforting. Uh, that's one reason why God can be so, so patient and so merciful and so kind to many people because he knows the thoughts and the plans that he has to get us to a desired destination. But I've come to realize this in my own life and want to share it with you as well is that the only way we get to that desired destination is that we have to go through levels or stages, if you will, or the process of coming into a greater agreement with God through every stage, right? Uh, uh, first of all, I said I had to agree that, I was, that I'm a sinner, right? I had to agree that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Need, I had to agree that I was in need of a savior, that I needed someone else to justify me. 
I had to agree with that. I can't, I can't no more, more make excuses, right? Because think about many people that we know, we've all known people, they want their life to change, but instead of just saying, you know what, I'm a sinner and I need a savior, they just try to fix things, right? They try to make things better. Uh, they're going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to hang around these all these people. But they never come to an agreement yet with God that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that's, that's one stage, right? And then again, watch this. Then we got to get to a place where we, okay, God, I agree that you have given me grace. You have given me mercy. You have given me kindness. You have given me favor. I'm in agreement with that. And because I'm in agreement with that, I'm going to receive your free gift of eternal life. I'm going to receive it, and I, I agree with it because you have given it to me. And now that I'm in agreement with that, I'm going to receive that. And so watch this. Those are stages, if you will. Those are levels of agreement. You think about all the stuff that you know. The more things you begin to learn about the Word of God. Right? You come in agreement. Evangelist Smith was saying earlier, you have to learn to come in agreement with God with your speech. Right? If God calls you more than a conqueror, you have to get to a level where you're in agreement with that and that you're going to call yourself in agreement only what God has called you. You cannot disagree with and speak contrary to what God has said about you. So at every juncture, right, at every level, if you will, at every stage of growth, you begin to, un you begin to come into a greater agreement of who God said you were, okay? And so, but remember this, he knows the end from the beginning. Now go with me quickly, uh, we, we just read Isaiah 46, go with me quickly to the book of Romans, chapter number 8, very familiar passage of scripture, most people know it, Romans 8, 28 and 29. We just want to read that here because that's what God is trying to do. God has already got, he already has an awesome plan. Uh, he always already has a mighty plan uh, to make us, uh, to, to, for us to walk in the fullness of the blessings of the Lord, right? And so he has predetermined this. He has pre-planned this. In other words, let me say it this way. God is not making this up as he goes, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, God is not saying, oh, maybe I think I'll do this this week. No, this thing has been planned out. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord shall stand, right? It's, it's already been predetermined. So I have to get an agreement with God, okay? So watch what he says here in Romans 8 and 28. Very familiar. Most people know this. He says, and we know. That all things do what? Work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the call, come on, according to his purpose. Pause right here. Do you think God's purpose was just made up yesterday? Do, 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 many times, people, do you think God's purpose for your life was just, he just kind of scratched out on some scratch paper just last weekend when he didn't have nothing to do? No, folks. The purpose, God, the purpose that God has for your life and the plan that God has for your life, he has already put in motion from the foundation of the earth. But you say, well, if that's the case, why don't everybody just do it? Well, the reality is the reason why everybody doesn't just do it is because you have to agree with God. God is not going to let his plan or purpose come to pass in your life without your agreement, right? 
without your agreement and what without your participation. And so it doesn't matter who it is, myself, you, anybody. It God, God's plan for our lives will not be fulfilled without our agreement and without our participation. Now it's not up to us, it's not up to us to have the strength to do it in ourselves, but it is up to us to participate and to agree with God for what he wants to do with our life. Okay, I hope you got that. And so now verse 29 of Romans 8, for whom he did foreknow. What is that saying? Again, foreknowledge. He knows the end from the beginning. From whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to do what? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Let's go one more verse. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So it is God that predetermined, pre-planned, pre-justified, right, our lives to have success and to be able to represent him in the earth, to be able to be a model of his grace and of his glory. But none of that happens or takes place until there is a level. Let me say it like this so I can I'm trying to communicate here. It, those things only happen to take place in our life at the level of our agreement, right? And so at the, at the level of our agreement, we'll begin to ignite, if you will, and to cause to operate the level of our participation. Because God can say some wonderful things about you, but if you don't first agree that that is true, whether I, whether I have experienced it or not, I have to first agree with it. And once I agree with it, it will cause my participation to be in line with it. So just like, again, Evangelist Smith said earlier, right, talking about words, our words need to agree with what God has said about us. Because he says, by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So if I'm saying something that God didn't say, there is no agreement there. You understand what I mean? If, I'm, if God's telling me that he has, I'm blessed, watch this. I'm just trying to make it plain and simple. If God tells me that I'm blessed and highly favored, right, of the Lord, but I'm saying out of my mouth that I'm broke and I just don't know what to do and I'm, I'm, I, I, nothing ever goes right for me, and God's like, I can't agree with that. We're, we're not connecting. We're not on the same page. I called you, I call, watch this, I called you blessed, watch this, I called you justified, I called you, I foreknew you, right, I justified you, and I gave you the ability to glorify you, but you're saying that stuff is not true, so God's like, we, we're not connecting, and his power can't flow for us and through us because we're not in agreement with him. And folks, we said that already last week, and it's very simple, but that's what we said, how can two walk together except there is an agreement? And folks, you, got, you, you don't want God to agree with you, you want to agree with him, okay? So how do we do that? How do we just get practical with this? How do we just really get to that point of where we're saying, okay, well, it starts again partially, again, with 
accepting what he said. It, it starts with renewing the mind to be in agreement with God, right? It starts with also the ability to understand and realize that God is not doing these things based on your and, your and my worthiness. He's doing these things based upon the, the, the sovereignty of his own character. And when you understand that, glory to God, it can help you to come into an agreement with what God has said about you because it is not necessarily your character that's going to make it happen, if you understand what I mean, but it's being in agreement with the goodness of God, right? Some folks can't receive from God because and, and we're, we've all done it. Can I just, we've all done it. And we're like, man, I don't, I don't really deserve this. You know, God is, you know, I know, I know where my issues are. I know what my shortcomings are. I know what my f faults are. And so we, we start uh, thinking out of alignment with God because we start judging ourselves based upon our own uh, unworthiness, right? And we stop. We start looking at ourselves more than we start looking at His goodness. Okay, I, I hope I hope you're following me because when you do that, you begin to cut off the ability of God to actually manifest the favor and the grace of God in your life. Because instead of looking at how great He is, we're looking at how, if for lack of a better way to say it, how ungreat we are. You know, we're looking at ourselves like. You know, I can't, I can't measure up. So my whole focus is on me instead of being on God. Did y'all catch that? I hope you caught that. All right. So we're right there in the book of Romans. Go with me to Romans chapter number five real quickly. Uh, in the book of Romans, glory to God. Romans chapter number five. And I, I want to start here at glory to God. Let's start here at verse number 15. But I want to get down to 17 in particular. But Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more by the grace of God. Watch this. By the grace of God and by the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment that was by one to condemnation, talking about Adam, right? But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. I know this is getting a little technical, but I'm trying to show you a point here tonight. Look at verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, talking about Adam's offense, the human race, disobeying God, right? Adam as the governing head, if you will, of the whole human race. That's why he says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. By one man's offense, death reigned. By one much more, they, by, uh, by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to read that one more time because you got to agree with it. That's, that's getting to another level of agreement, right? I have to first agree that I was a sinner. I have to secondly agree that I needed a Savior. Glory to God. That I cannot save myself, right? I have to agree with that. 
But now, once I've done that, I've agreed with God, I've agreed with the gift of God, I received God's salvation, now I'm going to another level of agreement. Watch this. The agreement is that, listen, I'm not going to be able to continue to have victory in life unless I receive what God has done for me. So notice what he says here. He says, again, verse 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive, here it is, you got to receive this now, you got to agree with it and receive it. The abundance of grace, it's not by works, it's not by, uh, you know, being smart enough, having enough enough college degrees or, or having enough position or popularity. It's not by because you've blessed so many people and you've been, uh, whatever the case is, it's none of that. It's by you, it's by, glory to God, I felt that, that's good. It's by receiving the abundance of grace. And grace is not based upon the worthiness of the recipient, right? If I'm receiving the grace of God, that's exactly what it is, folks. It's the grace of God. It's not because I was worthy of it or because I earned it or deserved it. It is grace. Somebody said before, it is God's riches at Christ's expense. In other words, the grace of God. God giving you ability above and beyond your own natural capability. It's the grace of God that brings salvation. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, right? The grace of God. So when I receive the grace of God, abundance of grace, then I can participate, notice what he said, and I can receive what? The gift of righteousness. See, folks, none of us are made righteous by our own strength. We are not made righteous by our own works. Righteousness is a gift, just like the grace of God is something that is given because I have agreed. What do I agree with first? First of all, I agree that I am a sinner. I agree that I am and I need a savior. Glory to God. I need somebody to take the place, you know, uh, of, 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 of the punishment for my transgression because he was not bruised for his own transgression. He was crushed for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I have been healed. Not because I earned it, not because I deserved it, but because of the greatness of his goodness and his grace and his kindness toward us. Somebody got to understand this. And so when you get that correct, when people get that correct, it revolutionizes what they can actually receive from God. Now watch this, because it's already always been in the plan of God to predestine us to be conformed into the image of the Son. So you're not trying to twist God's arm to give you something greater, right? This this. Watch the mindset. Watch the mentality. Even in prayer, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, like they're going to try to twist God's arm to make God do something that he really don't want to do. No, 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 folks. Whatever he promised you in his word, when you and I are in agreement with that, we begin to participate, it with, participate in it 
through faith, right? And all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Glory to God. So let, let, let me slow down here. So what, I'm, what am I saying? And the more we agree, right? <clears throat> and and, and, that, and that, that, those level of, uh, in everybody's life, you have to, how, how can I say that? Help me, Lord. You have to, you got to go through that process of where you get to different levels of agreement with God. Because I've, I've known people that God's trying to bless them and they just, they, they just won't receive it. They just say, no, no. What are you doing? What are you doing? God's trying to give you a gift and you just won't receive it. You won't take it out of his hand. You won't, he's, he like, he's trying to give it to you and he's trying to give you freedom. He's trying to give you deliverance. He's trying to give you a blessing. He's trying to give you healing. He's trying to give it to you. And I've seen people that just won't receive it because they are still focusing on themselves and their own unworthiness instead of receiving the free gift of God. It's, it's, that's what David even said in the Old Testament. Uphold, that, uphold me by thy free spirit. Right? He's like, I know I don't deserve this. I know that I've sinned. I know that I, but uphold me by thy generous or by thy free spirit, right? It's not something that I earn. It's something that I believe and receive. And it only comes because of and by and through the grace of God. And when we can really get that, it's going to change what we can actually receive from the Lord. Glory to God. So I want you to see that. He says, let's finish this verse 17. By one much more, they which received abundance of grace. Watch the result of this. And of the gift of righteousness, what's going to be the result of that? Read the scripture. They shall what? They shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Well, what does it mean to reign? Did you see that word? That's rulership. That's kingship. That's, amen, being, again, the queen. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's reigning over the troubles of life. Glory to God. I'm, he didn't say the troubles wouldn't come, but because you receive abundance of grace, because you receive the gift of righteousness, you are now reigning, having authority over the things that come to your life that would try to take you out or try to take you down. But now you are in agreement with God and you begin to declare out of your mouth that thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Are you in agreement with that? And that's why I just made a simple thing. Tonight, I agree. Because I found so many believers, too, let me say it this way, I found too many believers that are agreeing with something that God didn't say, right? And they, and, 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 and they come into an agreement with the opinions of people, right? They, they are many times the, 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 the uh, victim of agreeing only with what the doctor told them. That, that's whatever the doctor said, they're in total agreement with that, and they say nothing else about it. They're just, they're just in total agreement with it. They never speak the word of God. They never declare nothing. They're just, well, the doctor said this, so they, and now they start speaking out their own mouth, and they're in total agreement with it. And instead of saying, wait a minute, I know what you said, 
And I, I appreciate your knowledge and understanding. But I'm going to get a higher opinion. Glory to God. And I'm going to agree with that higher opinion. And God can use anything he wants to use. Because it's all at his disposal. But I'm saying <laughs> that the only way that we can do that is that we have to realize, folks, the grace of God is so powerful. It's, it's so mighty. It's, it's so overwhelming. It's beyond our truly, it really is beyond our human comprehension. I mean, we try to explain it. We try to use words. We try to teach it. We try to preach it. But it is the grace of God that gives us the ability to receive the gift of righteousness so that we can have victory in life. Glory to God. All right. So I want to encourage you tonight to learn how to agree with God more than you agree with the opinions of people, with the opinions of the news, with the opinions of the professionals. Thank God. Now, we're not against professionals, but that's not, that's not the final say. Come on now, somebody. Glory to God. I, I pray that I don't look angry because I'm not, but I, I, I found that even believers, there's a, people that love God, but they will believe the words of a man quicker and with more intensity than they'll believe what God has already said to them. So folks, in order for us to really represent Christ, we're going to have to flip that thing over, right? We're going to have to believe God's word and agree with God above everything else that we are experiencing in our body. Glory to God, or whatever the case is, okay? So let God be true and let every man be a liar. So it's very important for you and I tonight to realize that I have to get myself in the word so that I can begin to agree with God. Well, how can I agree with God? I agree with God based upon the character of his goodness. So go with me over to the book of Hebrews, chapter number, glory to God, chapter number six. The book of Hebrews, chapter number six. Watch this now. So what am I trying to build? I'm trying to build a confidence in you that you can agree with God and it's not based upon our human worthiness, right? I mean, I love how even how the Apostle Paul said, he said, listen, I was, I was the chief among sinners, but his grace toward me was exceedingly abundant. Glory to God, because I, I, I was the chief, you know. He said, not, not only was I a sinner, but I was the chief sinner, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? He said, but look how God had mercy on me. Look how he's given me grace. And I've received it, and here's the here's the here's the key right here as we as we get ready uh, head towards home. You have to agree with that, right? <laughs> and that's what I found many Christians really struggle at. You that are on YouTube, Facebook as well, that's where they struggle at, because God has a plan from the beginning. God already knew; He already knows you. He knew you. He know He knows you. He knows your mama, your grandmama, and your great-grandmama, and your great-great-great-grandmama. And he knew all of them that, was, that you was coming through. He knew all of that. And still he had a plan before you even got here. Now, will you agree with the goodness of God's plan? Glory to God. So I told you Hebrews chapter number 6. Let's see. Let's just start here at verse 10. And we're going to just go down, let's see, glory to God. Uh, yeah, down to 14, real quickly. And we'll have to wrap it up with this, guys. 
Hebrews chapter number 6 and verse number 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now here it is. Here, here we go. For when God made promise to Abraham, glory to God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. <laughs> glory to God, man. Oh, I hope you can get this. Saying, surely blessing, I will bless thee. And multiplying, I will multiply thee. We're going to read one more verse, but I want you to see something. Verse 13, 14, and then also 15, and we'll finish here. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, no one greater, because he is God, nobody greater than him, he, he said, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Now watch this. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. In other words, after he had, a, he had to agree with God and he had to participate. But the promise was not based upon Abraham's worthiness. And likewise, loved one, the promises that God has made to you and I in his word are not going to be based upon our worthiness. Because God is not swearing to you based upon your worthiness to receive his favor and his blessing. He said, because I can't swear on nobody greater, I have to swear by myself that blessing, I'm going to bless you. Multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. Now, the only way that's going to happen is that you, just like Abraham and Sarah, they had to get to, they had to get to a place where that they were in agreement with God and they had no secondary options, right? No ulterior plans, no, not trying to help make it happen, but they, they tried that and we know that's how Ishmael got here. But they, when, they, when God says, I'm going to bless you, then I have to look and agree that I, my blessing is going to come from him and from him only. Did you get, catch that? So, so my point to you tonight, and we'll come back to this again, talking about being in agreement with God, right? Because we can agree with God because of God's character. And the more we can agree with God, the more we can learn how to be in agreement with one another. People say, well, why there's not a lot of unity in the church? And how come the church can't get together? Well, here's the... Here's, Here's, I would say, issue number one. First of all, everybody has their own, uh, I don't know if you want to say agenda, but everyone is, has their own goals that they're trying to get to. But if everyone was trying to get to a place where we were in agreement with God, just the fact of us agreeing with God or reaching out to agree with what God said, it will automatically begin to bring us together. Why? Why? Because I, that means if I have an opinion, 
that is not in line with the word of God, then I have to put that opinion to the side and line up with the word of God. But when you have many people, individuals, that hold their opinions in high esteem and sometimes in higher esteem than they do the word of God, then you have the situation where the body can't seem to come together. But when I can put aside my opinions, if you will, or another way to say it, my doctrines of men, right? Teaching doctrines of men as uh, uh, teachings of men as doctrine instead of the word of God. When I have all of those things that I want to put up higher or on the same level as the word of God, then now guess what? It puts up walls and barriers among the body of Christ because we're not all going to the same direction. But if I if I have if I within myself take it upon myself as an individual responsibility as a member of the body of Christ to always say I will defer to be in agreement with God. Yeah, I may think something may should go like this or go like that, or I may have a different. But if the word of God is clear on that subject, then I'm not going to hold my tradition and my doctrine of men on the same level esteem as I hold the word of God. And that has happened for generations, happened for years. Different people will say different things and they'll, they'll stick to it. And they would rather die on that sword, if you will, than to say, listen, let me humble myself and be in agreement with what God's word says. So one thing that also does, loved one, that means you, you have to become a diligent studier of the scriptures. Right? That means you can't just be one that uh, reads your Bible once a week. Glory to God. Once a month. And you know, when you're going through a hard situation, now you got to, you know, blow the dust off your Bible, you know, and, and begin to try to see what it said. No, the Word of God has to become your lifeline. It has to become your living bread. Right? It has to become a daily meditation, whatever the case is. So, so why? That's what's going to begin to bring us into agreement, okay? Uh, but it starts with, first of all, realizing, hey, I got to agree with God, right? I, I, can't, I can't hold my opinion. Watch this. Even a self-righteous opinion is not agreeing with God, right? If God said something about you, that's what it is. It doesn't matter how you can't tell God. Watch this. People, God will say something to a person or declare something in his word, and then people will turn right around, they'll read it out the Bible, and then turn right around and tell God that that's not them. How are you going to tell God you're not what he told you you were? That, that, that's amazing to me. That, 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 that's, that's a big ego. You know, for you, for, oh Lord, I'm not going to start again. But I, I just want to pick one real quickly. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, you are a royal priesthood. Now, how am I going to sit there and tell God I'm not a royal priesthood? He said, you're a holy nation. How? That's what his scripture says. So how can I turn around and tell God that I'm not that? That's amazing to me. I don't know. I'm not trying to make fun or make light, but it is. It's amazing that a person can do that. They can read the scripture and turn right around and tell God that they're not that because they don't feel like they're that. You know, they had struggles. They had their issues. And so they, instead of agreeing with God... They agree with their circumstances and they agree with their uh, experiences 
and those begin to become the reality of their life. Folks, well, it works the same way. If you just refuse, listen, if you just stand on the word and agree with God, that becomes your reality. But if you refuse to agree with God, whatever you've experienced, whatever you've been through, whatever your, uh, you know, all of that becomes your reality. Let me say this last thing and I have to close tonight. The word of God, the truth, God's word is the final authority on all reality. Oh, Y'all got to just meditate on it. The word of God is the, is, it's truth. Jesus came to show us what was already there. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. He didn't say I didn't have a kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then my servants would fight. I'm already a king. I didn't come to become a king. I came as the king. And that's the reality, glory to God, of, of, uh, 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 of beginning to agree with God. So anyway, I pray that you got something out of that tonight. I thank you all for praying for me, praying for my strength tonight. Lord have mercy, just like Lady Tamara said, uh, my God, we just have to uh, be grateful and thankful uh, even for uh, different things. God is a provider. He always provides, meets all of our needs. But even just being, again, uh, obedient until the point where he said, hey, uh, if, you know, again, we're supposed to work with our hands so that we can have to give to those that are in need. So sometimes you, you have to work long days and it gets a little tiring. It gets a little hot, in particular in Texas. It, we go from we go from winter to summer, like just like that. I mean, my Lord, we went from nice weather to hot and it seemed like in one day. But we thank God for all things. Uh, again, we thank you all again that have joined us on Facebook Live and YouTube uh, again. Uh, and folks, listen, let me tell you something real quick, for, especially for those that are watching live. I, I, I use, uh, I do broadcast on the Facebook Live, but I don't really use Facebook. Uh, I know many people like that platform. They like that medium. Uh, I got a call from Canada the other day. <laughs> uh, and Canada, one of the brothers said, man, you know, some, you, you, you messaged me on Facebook and asked me to send you some money. He said, I know that wasn't you. But he said, I know you wouldn't do that. I know that wasn't you, but I just want to let you know that somebody has hacked your thing or whatever, and, and they're sitting and asking folks for money. Folks, I'm not going to ask you for money. That, that, that's, you know, if you get a message from me to ask you for money, that ain't me, okay? Uh, so just the reality, but uh, it is what it is, you know, and we have to just work in the parameters of the, the world we live in. So I know that there are people that use uh, Facebook, and hopefully we can put on some stuff on there that can be a blessing to help people grow spiritually and help them grow in their grace, grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, but ultimately, uh, we thank God for all of you that continue to support. Uh, you know, because again, I often say, listen, we, we, we do have things people can give to the ministry, and many of you do. Uh, you can do it online, all of that. But the reality is, we never ask you. Because if God don't put it on your heart, then we're not we're not begging for we're not begging for money. Because uh, God has been a need meter provider uh, since day one. Uh, and so uh, you know that that being said, I just want you to know that. Uh, so if you get a request for money from me, it did not come from me. Glory to God. Amen. So, but anyway, God bless you all. We're gonna release those on the on the uh, uh, digital broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. God bless you. Uh, let's go out and you all go out and be about the Father's business.
Well, praise the Lord. We hope you have enjoyed the podcast today. We encourage you to stay connected by subscribing to this podcast, as well as our weekly newsletter at www.livingwordcorsicana.org. Also, we invite you to join our national video call on the Zoom app. Our personal room number is 931-432-8488. And the passcode is the number two. Listen, God bless you. Have a supernatural day. And we hope to contribute and communicate with you soon.